If you're looking for inspiration and challenge in the world of early years and Key Stage 1 education, then you've just found it. Welcome to the Early Excellence Podcast. Hello everybody, Andy Burt here. I hope you're well. Thank you very much for joining us for episode 50. Yet yeah, the big 5-0, episode 50 of the Early Excellence podcast. Um, this week, I have a great chat with Emma Bairstow, who's a friend of us at Early Excellence. She's an artist who works with schools and settings to help develop their practice. Now, as, as part of our conversation, we talk about all sorts of things. We talk about the importance of creative expression, of children learning to learn through creativity, about the links to language development, mathematics, understanding the world and all sorts of other things. We talk about the importance of what we provide for our children in terms of art materials. We talk about the curriculum overview of experiences, so planning a creative, a creative curriculum for our children. We talk about the role of the adult, and as well, something quite seasonal coming into that time of year, of course, we talk about the Christmas production line and how it's important to, if we can, to move away from that and to think about our experiences with our young children being something that is individual, if possible. Difficult, I know, but we talk about some suggestions for how we can, how we can think about our, our creative work at this time in the year. Okay, so lots for you to think about. Um, here you go. Here's my Early Excellence podcast chat with Emma Bairstow. Um, hello, Emma, how are you? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, would, you mind, um, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and your work I know you work a lot in schools in terms of supporting schools around creativity and artwork but would you mind explaining a little bit about what you do in your background for us yes so um I went to art school when I was well down in London at Wimbledon um years ago now when I was 19 um and once when I graduated I'm from Bradford originally um and when I graduated I just wanted to be in London and keep working and try and um, sort of give yeah work in schools really I had my parents came from school a school background so my dad was a head teacher of a primary school and my mum was a teacher an art teacher at Bradford College and so I decided that I sort of saw myself going into that down that road really so I started working as a teaching assistant in a primary school called um, Woodhill Primary in London um, where they had me sort of teaching PPA art cover, which I had absolutely zero experience in teaching. <laughs> I had not a clue what I was doing, um, but it was it was a really, really great experience. I was kind of thrown in massively at the deep end and was given total control in terms of basically do do what you like with them. It's, it's an art lesson. And one thing that I, that kind of, this was a long time ago now and um there's been a big journey that's gone since then at this school um but one thing that I sort of realized quite quickly in working in that environment is that art wasn't was an afterthought in lots of schools in primary and I kind of had 
you sort of combined a bit of my experience of, uh, in things like resources and and how to get from A to B with skills. So thinking, oh, we're going to do a um, painting lesson, um, but I'm going to have to learn, I have to teach them these things first. So I kind of took what I knew from art college and put it into that setting and had total freedom, really. And ended up working with a fantastic head um, who's now like CEO of the Inspire Partnership down in London. And um, we kind of started working together, sort of using my skills and more in like a team teaching role. So I sort of joined together with uh, the teachers and supported them with their planning and that sort of thing. And working as their artist in residence at that school and then later at other schools within that partnership Um, until about six years ago when I decided to move back to Bradford and set up my own company, sort of doing the same thing, but uh, branching out. So now there's me and my sister. Um, I work in the northern schools and she works in the uh, in the London and south southern based schools. Um, we do all sorts of different things teaching planning support cpd workshops um we're very lucky we get to work with some amazing people fantastic wonderful um so in terms of your work then i i, I guess you probably uh, I, I, well i guess the first thing that we think about when we think about an artist coming into to a school is that you will work with the children of course in terms of a range of different experiences and all kinds of different media, all sorts of things like that. And we will come to that. But what I thought would be quite interesting to talk about, first of all, would be that kind of that, I suppose, that bigger picture, really. And that, and you've kind of touched on that a little bit in what you were just saying, that I think lots of schools at the moment are working around that idea of 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 thinking about the breadth of their curriculum, the breadth of what they're offering as, as a whole package, really. And yeah. I would imagine the schools that that you're invited into, that you work a lot with, that they mm-hmm. already have a very clear idea of the importance of creativity, of creative expression, about the holistic nature of how young children learn. But I would imagine also there are probably schools out there who who don't necessarily see artwork or creative expression as being something that is as important as that, as being part of that big holistic picture. And I think it's important, I think, as a starting point to talk about actually what do we get as as human beings or as or, or as children, what we gain from that sort of creative expression, what we gain from, from being involved in artwork. Why is it important? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things when I when I do training in school, especially in new schools, um, is often sort of the head the head teacher or the executive head might have have pulled pulled me in to do some CPD or some some training, and I always start with the why, and it's so important. And I think that if you don't if you don't start with that, like why is you know otherwise it could just look like I'm coming in to make the school look pretty, or I'm coming yeah. in. Do you know what I mean? Or I'm coming in to do yeah. something visual with the kids. That's an exciting thing, but I'm an artist, and that's what I do, and that's fine. Whereas like it's to, it's about the whole the culture, and the the culture of excellence in all in so many different ways, and and the children sort of that like, having the best experiences that they can from such a such an early age and I think that actually that when I think about I've got two little girls and uh, one of them's four and one of them's one and 
my daughter's just started reception and she is just so open to everything and she comes home every day with armfuls of drawings and and cuttings and random bits of coloring and and every single piece that she brings is seems to be important as the other you know everything has its story and its value and I just think little ones are so they're just ready for it all they're so excited by it all and it's 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 creates this like ownership of ideas for them this this way of communicating like the arts is is a sort of an essential tool in terms of learning how to communicate ideas and um I like finding out about how you express yourself in a way that's not talking it's one of the first ways we communicate as humans and um, making marks and creating and I think sometimes that is so like that is so natural when we're little and then as we go through school it gets kind of pulled out of us so I suppose what I'm trying to say is one of my one of my our main things is is focusing on trying to hold on to that as long as possible and keep Mm. the children experiencing those amazing artistic creative opportunities for as as long as we can because at some point there are going to be other pulls um sorry I'm going off on one but I think one thing that's really clear when I think about my upbringing and and the importance of creativity in in and how that's impacted my life is I feel that I was brought up in quite a creative household because my mum was an artist and um and I I found that in my schooling of art, um, it it wasn't always great. And I think that, but because I had that those experiences from home, I was able to kind of, um, I was able to really like embrace the, the art in school. Whereas and and I felt confident. Um, sometimes if I think you've not got that coming from home or you and you don't have that creative stimulus at school then it's a huge huge disadvantage to some children because they don't yes. they don't know that they can express themselves in that way does that make sense yeah absolutely it does absolutely in, in lots of ways particularly I think for young children um, artwork and expressing ourselves through creative expression in all sorts of different ways whether that be through mixed media or whether it be through paint or whatever it might be mm. is in a in a way yes it's it's important in its own right but it's also important holistically too isn't it you know whether we're talking about thinking skills problem solving skills collaboration working together yeah. as you say language development also i mean all kinds of other areas you know mathematics you know the link yeah. between mathematics and and artwork is incredible yeah, isn't it so it is so i i'm i feel like i'm learning more and more about this as well as i've got a four-year-old coming home with from school yeah. and i've never experienced it in such a direct way but my daughter came home she's get these she gets these maths challenges every every you know every week and she came home and she had to order numbers one to ten and she cut them out she was being so I didn't like give her the idea but she wanted to color them all in in different colors cut the numbers out and then she made a rocket out of them and I was like it was just amazing because she did the maths through the art and it was so 
amazing to see and they they are just they are so open to all of that creativity aren't they at that age absolutely yeah 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 definitely and and you know if you look at the work of say Andy Goldsworthy in terms of natural materials or or or, or different artists in terms of you know using shape and and pattern um you know if you're looking at you know the kind of that that was interesting kind of collage work and all kinds of different things like that yeah um, yeah that um that actually you've you've got that link between mathematics and artwork very much so also physical skills you know things like um you know the partly in terms of of course the fine motor skills as part of drawing and painting but also in terms of you know potentially kind of um using malleable materials or working on a larger scale loads Mm -hmm. of loads of really important links with yeah. the prime areas yeah. within the EY and learning how yeah learning how to work together like collaborating i find that doing group projects with with small children is is really really amazing and they do they cuz i think there's there's i think you need, you you want you want both things you want them to be able to work independently and and take ownership of their own work but also working on larger scales scale projects as a group is fantastic because it's about being part of a bigger picture that I think sometimes if you're just doing art at your you're just making individual little pictures in the classroom and you're then you you don't see the possibilities always of what else art is so that's something we try to do as well do like we do large scale workshops with children and like a whole school way so we'll work with children from nursery right through to year six on one massive project and then it'll be displayed somewhere and it's that idea that those nursery and reception children understand that they are part of this larger picture yes yeah yeah absolutely yeah and I also think as well that young children have something as as young artists that actually quite often as uh, as we grow up that we kind of grow out of that actually lots of very famous artists try to recapture that childlike yeah. nature, that kind of almost sort of just being able to just stand at a paint easel and just paint for the enjoyment oh. of it and to just have yeah. the experience of it. Whereas actually, yeah. I think later on in life, we we get very caught up in, well, what does it look like? Who does it look Can't like? Is it accurate? It. Is it not accurate? Children don't yeah. think like that. They just think, right, let's do it. Let's have a, let's paint. Let's explore it. You know, as Picasso talked about, about wanting to draw like a child. I think it was something, yeah. I'm sure I've seen a quote. Well, so, yeah, there's um, there's a Kandinsky quote, which is everything starts with a dot, which I love. And that's to do with with that whole idea of um, just go for it, make a mark and see where it takes you sort of thing. Um, and then there's also like, there's the term like naive as an art term, which is describing sort of, I don't know, you, you might describe... Um, yeah, some of Picasso's work is, is naive, or yeah. but it comes from a backstory of all of this other stuff that enables them to be able to sell their work for so much money and have this beautiful, playful, naive style. But I find, I honestly find working with children the most inspiring thing personally as a, I'm a painter myself, like, you know, I get my, I can get so many ideas from their stuff because they're just so free. it's the one thing that me and my sister both have like noticed over the years of doing this work is that freedom doesn't it it doesn't last long in schools even and that's 
something that we try to work work with the children on in terms of keeping that because obviously we work throughout primary so I find that we do sketchbook work and things and in in the in like further up in the school from sort of year one two three going up to year six we do sketchbooks and we build up like a series of skills um to like lead up to an outcome um so often the children around sort of year two year three not in not in uh not in all schools but in some schools and I don't think it's anything particularly like the way it's been taught I just think it's it's a natural instinct they become quite um embarrassed and like um they start trying to hide their work or they'll put crosses through things I was teaching yesterday and this few children in the class kept putting crosses through their sketchbook work or drawing really really tiny because they're they're not wanting to take up that space and it's just interesting how that natural instinct to want to create something that looks perfect I don't know where it comes from but it's a definite it is a definite thing and it's something that constantly need to be challenging like I love experimental drawing for that like we try and start every half term with some experimental drawing just to free up those those ideas around what a drawing is um what what art is like it doesn't have to be this perfect picture yes yeah yeah absolutely we've talked a little bit about your work and about and about the what you do with with schools in terms of um what you might do as a starting point a little bit in terms of kind of sketchbooks and and so on but would you mind just going into a little bit of detail in terms of in terms of your work in schools so so say you go into a school and you've not worked with them before what yeah, what yeah. what do you have particular starting points do you have certain things that you go to first of all in order to build up a set of skills what does that look like so we usually would start off doing some kind of cpd um so it would be so for example i'm working with a new school next week and i'm going and doing an after school um training session um where basically they want to sort of reinvent their curriculum make, make it more creative so I'm going in I'm doing like a bit on the why like why it's important and the power of creativity in education and then I'm going to be doing like a short practical probably an experimental drawing or something that's a bit just for the teachers to sort of bring down those walls about what art yeah. is and what it looks like and then we I'll share lots of examples of um, the kind of planning structure. So we have like a specific planning structure that we use that can be moldable and flexible, but it's an outline of like what, what from my experience has worked, has had a really amazing impact. So it's like a build up from, you sort of start thinking about, and it's not exactly like this for early years, but it's, it's kind of modeled on this and then it's tweaked and changed to fit with the children because obviously they're younger um and their like needs are different but it's so we sort of think about okay so we're going to plan a project um bit usually linked alongside literacy but it could be linked on something else um and we'll plan a series of lessons uh with us with an end point so say if the end point was um some clay sculpture we would then look at okay so what do we need to do what skills broken down do we need to learn to get to that point and we'll do it like in a six like a half terms worth of steps so based on sort of a session a week and this obviously is different from school to school so we might think okay they're going to be doing some 
um, some Viking brooches in clay. So they're going to be looking at a Celtic pattern and drawing and, and learning how to draw those kind of patterns and we'll explore them through experimental drawing and then also observational drawing, so looking closely. Then we'll look at maybe doing some printing of patterns and, and learning what is a pattern, just stripping it right back, like literally learning about what that means and how they might do that through drawing and printing or um, and then they'd look at, and usually I try and link an artist in um, it for early years as well. Like they might visit a few artists based on a certain theme um, over a half term. But yeah, for sort of key stage one and two, we'd look at um, an art, like an artist, and that usually comes in at week two. So they'll do some sort of research and look at different kinds of art that they've done and talk about how that could link with their own style and they might make a mood board or something like that and then we go on from there so then it'd be experimenting with clay and then and then uh, practicing and exploring um what that clay feels like what the what the score and slip method is like the the details of how you would use that clay in that way and then they'd work on their outcome for two weeks and then they'd evaluate the process. So that's that's the journey. So we do a lot on supporting with that in schools. And then we do lots of things like confidence building for teachers. So modeling how, how you like when I teach a lesson, the lesson is I do a lot of modeling and then I let the children do it and then I'll stop them. We'll reflect and then we'll come back to the board and I might model something else. And then it's a, it's like a conversation. Um so I support teachers with that and like lesson structures. Um, we also, so so usually when I first start working with a school, we start off with that CPD, which is kind of like showing them what we do. And then yeah. following that, I will do like a um, planning meeting. So I might then have a full day working with um, each year group and they might bring their literacy book along and I'll bring my laptop and we'll just plan their art step by step looking at, um how it can link to the literacy and also yeah what what skills we want to develop um and that might be a full day of working so that they've got their whole half terms planning done um and then from that I can do like so I work at a school where I'm I team teach with the teachers every week so um I'll go in and for this half term I'm working with a certain certain year groups and I teach with um with those year groups and build up those lessons and the teachers are there as that's their CPD. So they're in the lesson with us. Um, I do, we do lots of work on learning environment too. So we might then also support with how are you going to display the outcomes? How are you going to display the whole learning journey? And also alongside the literacy and where do you want that to be? And what does your working walls look like for your art lessons in your classroom? Do you have them? Do you want them? That sort of thing. And then also there's the other side of it, which is like the more practical hands on, like the workshops where we go in and we do we pull children out and we do something that's um, something for that's that's an amazing experience for the children. So uh, usually on quite a big scale, it might be some huge canvases or it might be some outdoor art or something like that. And I think that's that is, of course, something that's often missed, isn't it? The scale of things. You know, I think often I think we 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 try and work on certain scales 
that will fit mm. on a display board. Yeah. You know, we, we yeah. will end up working on A4 or, or maybe yeah. on A3. You know, yeah. if, we, if we want something to be big, we go to A3, don't we? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think Absolutely. actually, you know, when you, when you go to an art gallery, mm. the work is very rarely on even, even as small as an A3 size. You know, it's nearly always much, much bigger than that. Um, we went to Edinburgh Art Gallery. We went to Edinburgh at half term and we went to Edinburgh Art Gallery and they've got this fantastic um, exhibition on at the moment with um, lots of uh, impressionist, art impressionist artists. And um, there were Van Gogh paintings, there were... Uh, there were paintings by white Monet paintings and all sorts of different uh, painters. But I was really struck with um, the work. There, there was work there that I wouldn't have even thought of as impressionist, actually. The, yeah, there was yeah. uh, Matisse um, um, collage work, kind of, you know, the, uh, where, where he would, it was a whole collection of collage work that yeah. was uh, called, I think it was called Jazz was it, it was the, the, the collection and I think he put together a book of lots of different pieces of collage mm -hmm. and all around um things like visits to the, the the collection was called jazz because it was so um uh spontaneous was basically his idea but the the actual artwork was about a visit to the circus and so he'd done these sort of huge collage the pieces that were of kind of an elephant or a dancer or a trapeze artist and the colors were so incredibly vibrant yeah, it was so yeah, striking yeah. and again like you know like I said earlier on it, it was it was kind of childlike in what he was doing and yet and yet actually that's what he was aiming for you know for him mm -hmm. that is aiming high it, to be able yeah. to do something like a childhood and, it, and it's the scale like you're right like you walk when you go like I've been I saw some of Matisse's stuff in London when I used to live there and the, he had a big exhibition at the Tate and this it's the scale it like it's it takes your breath away in like a diff do you know what I mean like it's like there's something really powerful about doing something big and I think like the chil children get that as well. Like um, I worked at Jerry Clay for a while and I, st I still do work quite closely with them. Um, but we did uh, Jerry Clay Academy in, in Wakefield and we did this, uh, I did this project with them once where it was a whole school project and we had these six sort of A1 size boards. So they were big and there were six of them. And I took a David Hockney picture and I divided it up into six sections and they basically from right from reception through to uh, year six, they were part of, I pulled children out um, and everyone in the school got to work on it. And we they started off with some like um, just creating the back, the, the little ones creating the background colours, mark making, splatting, using different materials to create those bright, bold colours over these six massive pieces. And then year one came in and they were doing a little bit more and they were adding, it was like a, a constant adding on top and on top and on top until year six were doing more of the outlining and the details. And and then it went up on the wall together and it filled, it took a huge space of their outdoor wall, like it was a huge mural. And um, it was really striking and you and you could tell that once it was put together, it the, the children felt that like, <gasps> 
like wow and it's it's it is amazing and that is I think it's obviously you want to have the things that fit onto the boards and you want the sketchbook stuff but I think it's important to try and do as much of the other stuff as you can too art weeks are great for that art weeks are fantastic like um a fantastic opportunity if any schools are looking and thinking about planning art weeks um that's something we do a lot of support with and it's it's a great way of just pushing the boundaries and getting you know academy saint james where i work in allerton they we did it we planned an art week based on color last year and they wanted like an outdoor exhibition um like a sculpture trail sort of thing and um and so each year group got a colour and then they and an artist to link with that colour and they had to do a week of um of art based around that and then their outcome they had to build one giant class outcome that would go outside um and then they also but they also had the sketchbook work they also had the process and the sketches and their independent stuff that they were doing on a smaller scale that then got displayed in their classroom um and the parents all came around and looked at it and then they could go it was just amazing and I've done the, those kind of things in a few schools and I think it's a really nice way of raising the expectations of what art means for teachers as well as children Absolutely. Yeah. I think thinking kind of thinking outside the box in terms of size and scale is so important. I, I remember once um, at school that I used to teach at, uh, we uh, we taught in I taught in in a, a quite a large Victorian school building that was on two floors. And the year three, four class was upstairs within this building. And when it came to Art Week, they did this fantastic thing where they the, they planned these pieces of work that were on big sheets so almost like big big pieces huge pieces of material long pieces of material and they worked on the floor in the hall on these big long sheet pieces of material and when they were all done they attached um i think it was a piece of garden cane to the bottom to add a little bit of weight to it and then they rolled it out of the windows so they Absolutely. they held on to it and it, it was just absolutely stunning. You know, you think you yeah. kind of think, crikey, that is so different to what we would normally do. You know, we would normally try yeah. and timetable it within a, such a short period of time. Yeah. And that you notice the difference when you really give time to it. When you properly invest time in quality artwork, you notice yeah. a huge difference in in what the children will, will will put together, what they will how they will think about it. The quality of their work improves dramatically, doesn't it? I think absolutely. And young children, like I feel like it's 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 something that young children, early years children, being involved in that process is really magical for them as well. And being part of being part of something that also the bigger children have been part of. And it's you know it's been part of that community, isn't it? And it's 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 really really important. Absolutely. It just reminded me earlier on when you mentioned. doing a big piece of work on the, with, with, around David Hockney and the work of David yeah. Hockney. Um, years ago now, um, when my children were much younger, um, we went to York Art Gallery uh, because they'd got a display of David Hockney's work um, and one particular piece of work called Bigger Trees Near Water, which is, is near to York. It's just um, in a, near to a village just sort of outside of York. 
And it's this huge piece of work made up of lots of canvases. You probably know it already, Emma, I guess, but lots and lots of canvases all put together to, and, and literally taking up the whole of one wall in York Art Gallery. And so we we went in and we took it, we took my son, who would, I'm guessing at the time, have been about three. Mm-hmm. And we walked into this huge room, lots of people were standing, admiring the work. And it was absolutely stunning, this beautiful work with, with lots of uh, bright colours, vibrant colours. of, uh, And it's a, a picture of a landscape, near to, mm-hmm. basically near to a place called Water, and uh, with a tree and then sort of a landscape going off into the distance and buildings all on this massive, massive, massive scale. And... It was interesting because we walked in and I was just absolutely mind blown by it. I was just sort of just standing there looking at it. Um, Caroline, my wife, we were, she was looking at it as well. And we'd let go of George's hand. And George <laughs> sprinted, literally sprinted from the back of the room to the front of the room. And when he got to the front of the room, there wasn't a barrier. And he literally opened his arms out as if he was going to give yeah. the painting a big hug and then just ran at it. And, and he just literally took, he held, he touched the painting like and basically <laughs> face planted it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just basically face planted the painting and it was just um, always one of those things and the, the security guards <laughs> came from the sides and we dashed from the front to the front it was yeah but it was but it is one of those things you can't you know we were we as adults we were standing in awe and he was kind of doing his own thing a little bit really in yeah, terms of yeah. wanting to really connect with the painting it was a very natural just, totally, thing. Totally, natural instinct to just be in it. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, oh, there we are, connecting with David Hockley. And the funny yeah. thing was, as well, afterwards, he thought that he'd done something really... He thought he'd really got into trouble because the security cards came <laughs> dashing from the sides. And we spent the whole time on the walk home saying to him, do you know what, I think David Hockley would really like the idea that you really liked his picture and he ran, you ran at his picture. <laughs> of course, he'd love that <laughs> oh that's so sweet yeah they do they like we went to see recently there's the van gogh live in bradford and i took my oh, yeah. my two there and um they were just i mean they were running around which they were just loving it it was amazing but i felt guilty because there was a lot of people like relaxing lying on the floor and i was running after my kids sort of being like oh careful don't trip over that person but they were just like amazed by it it was and it's all over the floor and all over the walls and it was just like moving it was just amazing it is stunning and it is well worth doing if people haven't done it yet it is well worth doing we've done it we've done it too okay um so kind of getting getting back to that kind of work in schools so you know after i've sort of told my my little anecdotes emma um <laughs> what in terms of um in going back to the eyfs specifically um i think it's important isn't it to think about the breadth of what we're offering so that we are thinking partly about how we support schools in terms of thinking about the curriculum, as you were talking about earlier on, that breadth of experience, the introducing artists, the thinking about all of those sorts of things, but also particularly for our younger children to think about what's always available. You know, for those children who are coming into the paint area, the workshop area, 
the breadth of what we're offering is, of course, important and how we support them yeah. in using those materials. Um, yeah. Are there other materials and resources that you would generally recommend that are there within an EYFS classroom? Have you yes, yeah. sometimes, definitely. I think I think um, having as so, so really nice quality papers and different kinds of papers, different coloured papers, also things like charcoals and soft pastels that they can practice smudging and blending and dragging um i think sort of obviously like having a paint area is great i know lots of schools have like easels which i think is really nice giving them an opportunity to paint standing up and painting in on a like larger scale like larger pieces of paper i think scale is again we're talking about scale but i think that's a really big one giving them opportunity to go to A2, A1 sort of size is really, really nice. Um, also, I think like printing is something that is, I mean, printing something that I think is really sort of, un, not a lot of schools, a lot, I think a lot of schools do printing in like a mark making sense, but also something that I would love to encourage more in schools is like things like mono printing for children. So teaching children how to mono print. So it's the most simple thing in the world, but it's so fantastic and exciting because it's like magic. So they can you, you can literally do it on a car, like on a bit of carrier bag or on a plastic wallet and just painting some a shape onto that and then just putting a piece of paper on top of it, rubbing it and pulling it away. And that's just such an easy, you can wipe it and clean it with a baby wipe. That is such an easy thing and just such a fantastic tool for them to explore. And often I'll I'll plan printing in with older children, monoprinting and things like that. But actually, you know, I've done it with my daughter at home and she absolutely loved it. Um, so even making... A, a little printmaking station where you've got things that they can actually print with stamps and that sort of thing, a bit of mono printing. Um, it's like scratching into polystyrene and printing with that. It just, it sort of, it's that in itself is exploring drawing as well and fine motor, but in a different, in a different media. And yeah. that's, yeah, you know, absolutely. it all links together. And something they won't have seen before, probably. You know, that kind yeah. of, like you say, it is magical, isn't it? When you print with something, yeah. there is that magical moment when you kind of reveal what the print is. And you think, crikey, yeah. that, you know, it's it's a different way of looking at it, isn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. And that, that as well, I, I think, is one of, you know, we were talking earlier on about the importance of, of creativity, of artwork. I think one of the things that I think is, is well, probably one of the main benefits is that, it supports children and adults to kind of view the world in a different way. You know, I, that when you're, if you're, a, if you're a painter, if you're an artist, if you're somebody who wants to capture the world in whatever way, um, through whether through, whether it be through through um, clay work or whether it be through dance or photography or whatever it is, you notice things about the world. You know, you notice you 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 frame the world differently because you're an artist, because you want to notice things. So you start to notice the sky or the clouds. You start to notice certain things. You notice details in things that unless you were in that mindset, you wouldn't have noticed, I think. Yeah. So when we think about, you know, for young children, understanding the world, actually giving them that, that, that window on the world through experiencing artwork 
I think helps them to understand the world around them. I think it's I don't know, I think it's almost a form of mindfulness, isn't it? Sometimes just even just just observing, like observing things and thinking about how you're gonna then it's a different way yeah. of communicating. So at like observing something and then communicating it onto paper or into a sculpture it's a it's a process that um it's it's using a, I think using a different part of your brain and it's absolutely it's getting them to to I think children do that a lot more naturally than grown-ups <laughs> but I think yeah. um it's just kind of like giving that a name and giving them material so that they can go free with that and explore that further yes yeah definitely Definitely. I think, I certainly think, I think when people are equipping uh, a paint easel or, a, you know, a workshop area or an art area within an EYFS classroom, I think thinking about the detail of what you're offering there. So say if you're going to offer brushes, yeah, that, that thinking about, if possible, thinking about a range of different brushes so that children can yeah. make choices. You know, the, the kind of, if we're wanting them to apply fine detail to a painting, then they're going to need, of course, fine brushes. If yeah. they are, if they're going to be using something on a larger scale, then they're going to need a quite a thick, big the brush brushes, to be able to yeah. do that. And then the different shapes of the brushes to be able to apply different tool, different techniques to their artwork as well. You know, the kind of the square end or chiseled, chiseled kind of brushes to be able to then apply a certain technique, whether that be kind of dabbing yeah. or adding a bit more thickness to their paint or, you know, all kinds of things like that. Yeah, really important. One way that I work with um, specifically early years with, with teaching is um, is I will 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 basically create like um, we'll have we'll have like a series of lessons that are like have um, have a plan, but also are quite open ended to where they go. But it will always start from a place of like modelling on the carpet. So like for example. Um, I did a project at Jerry Clay a few years ago on butterfly. They were doing mini beasts, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners will have done in schools before. They're doing mini beasts, and we were looking, so I specifically planned a few, a series of lessons around butterflies. They still had all of the other areas open to, so they had clay, they had um, uh, the easels with the paint, they had all different kinds of materials around the room as continuous provision. And then but then I was doing a specific thing on the carpet that then they could come to me and work on a table with me developing those skills. So this was looking closely at a butterfly wing and using little brushes. Um, we were using oil pastels to draw the lines. So we were looking at lines and shapes. So we were dividing the page up using lots of lines and then using circles to sort of add the circles. And we were observing it from real photographs of butterfly wings. And then... Um, from that, then I showed them how to use little tiny brushes to add less and more water to the paint and add those into the different sections of the wing. And then I had it set up on the table and I was sort of floating around um, and groups of children, about six or seven at a time, would come and sit with me and I'd, I'd explore it with them at the table. They also could go off and do... You know, they could they could do mini bees making caterpillars out of other things or they could do they had all the other things going on. But it's just having that focus, that little that little section where they can come and they can learn and they can do a bit more on what I've shown them. And then those skills can build up in that way as well. Fantastic. Yeah, and that's like having both things. Yeah, it's that breadth of practice, isn't it? It's the it's yeah. the independent 
experience, the child initiating experience, and then alongside that, also teaching the breadth of skills that actually are need to, needed to be taught, that children see and use those different skills and then apply and then have lots of opportunities to apply those skills hopefully through independent activity as well. So it kind of is a, it completes the circle, doesn't it? You've got the adult supporting the child in developing the skills. The child then has the the opportunity to then embed those skills over time by using the, the, the their own ideas and applying the, their skills. So yeah, yeah, it's that bigger picture really, isn't it? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Really interesting. Um, I'm aware, Emma, as this goes out, as this podcast goes out, we're, we're looking to put it out at the end of November. Okay, so towards the end of November. And for those people who, of course, work in schools, the end of November is like a ticking clock Right. Because for those of you working in schools and lots of our listeners, I'm sure will 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 connect with this idea that it's almost like a a clock is ticking and you're thinking, crikey, Christmas is coming. (laughs) Christmas is coming, which is, of course, a fantastic is wonderful (laughs) in lots and lots of ways. But as an early years teacher or a teacher within a primary school, the clock is ticking and you're starting to think, oh, crikey. Christmas cards or calendars yeah. or as well as the Christmas performance and as well as all sorts of other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so while I've got you on, what I thought I would ask you about is, is Christmas, yeah. Emma. Um, yeah, what yeah. we're, what we're aim, I would say anyway, what I would always try to aim to do as a, as a teacher, as an earliest teacher, is, is to try to try as much as I could to steer away from the kind of the the production line approach of of ending up with something that is kind of 30 versions of the same thing that all look the same and and I just wondered whether you kind of you whether whether you whether you supported schools at this time of year and if so does it involve Christmassy things and whether we could maybe kind of finish off with a kind of helping people out a little bit with that kind of Christmas thing. Yeah, well, often, if, especially if I'm working and we're planning a half term's worth of work and we're working with the autumn term, often, especially like with the younger ones, then we'll we'll often go down more of like a, a winter route. So rather than it being like maybe, I'm not saying don't do Christmas, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, we'll look at like icy colours and, and mixing different blues or we'll look at, um, yeah, like, I mean... The other day, <laughs> I did some clay with uh, my daughter, and um, I thought it was just really nice because she just she used proper clay, um, not air air drying clay. Obviously, it doesn't need don't have a kiln at home, unfortunately. But um, but she was making um, like Christmas decorations, but she was she was making them out of clay and she was doing icicles. So like we were just looking and chatting about um, squeezing and pressing and 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 molding these shapes and she also made some stars and she was cutting using the different cutters and pressing and creating impressions and we were pressing leaves into it and stuff um getting ideas I was getting ideas for (laughs) for a school that I'm working with soon um so yeah and and then you can let leave then we put um pierce through the top so she was pushed the, the back end of a brush like the other end of the brush through the top to make a hole and then um Obviously, this this does sound very crafty, but there was a lot, a lot to it actually. And then she's painted them now, and um, and she just really loves them. Um, but that's obviously quite specific. I think one of the things that I would 
would say definitely try if you've not tried before um is exploring like watered down paint with with like things like cling film and salt and stuff like that because you can create some beautiful icy effects and then you know you could do um just like a whole a, a, a project on like say watercolor painting and then adding a big piece of cling film and getting the children to scrunch it up on top and let it dry and when you take lift the cling film it looks like it like cracked ice and I don't know you could create wrapping paper from it on a on big rolls of paper yeah. or um or gift tags or anything like that um yeah other things we've done is collecting collecting outdoors uh like leaves and letting them dry and then just like painting them in mixing different shades of blues and painting those things and and yeah, pine cones and stuff like that so there's a few ideas there but um yeah, it's, yeah, it's getting that balance between craft and and yeah, yeah. skills it's isn't all, it it's all good um yeah I, th- I think um i'm trying to think of things that i've done that have worked um yeah th- things i i really liked there was one year that we used um a light panel and on the light panel we put um loose leaf tea and and kind of and and sort of sparkly material um and and then the children did their own basically their own drawings in it and it looked kind of it really looked really sparkly and magical their drawings whatever they drew and then we photographed it and because of course it wasn't a permanent piece of artwork it it and it was such a quick thing it was something that we could do so quickly with the children and we yeah. we kind of done it in a day really and the photographs yeah. went on the front of their cards that that's that was really actually nice. something that's quite simple um yeah, yeah. patterns really for wrapping paper as you mentioned i think that's yeah. always a, a good one you know repeated patterns yeah. are great in terms of any in any way in terms of the curriculum but also yeah. really interesting in terms of artwork too so printing yeah. for repeated patterns that Absolutely. you mentioned i think that's a good one um yeah, yeah anything like that or, or using and using light um, again, yeah. you know, using torches or, you know, creating, having shadow effects or shining yeah, torches shadows. through things onto the yeah. wall and then photographing it. It doesn't always have to be a kind of a, an, a piece of artwork in a traditional sense is what I'm saying. I love the idea of the photo thing. I think that's so nice. And like yeah. the children can do that, can't they? They can photograph their own on iPads. And that's a yeah. really nice, that's a really yeah. nice idea. I think so. I think so. Uh, one of the things that I did well that definitely didn't work was in my first school I taught at, this is going back a long time now, we used to have, the school had this br- lovely tradition of they used to have a real tree, a great big, huge real Christmas tree in the hall. And on one particular day of the year, early in December, the tree was placed in the hall and then every every class would make their own Christmas decorations and then they'd have a basically line line up in going into the hall and everybody we would all take in our classes Christmas decorations and every child would would hang their decorations on the tree okay and in my class I came up with this idea that, that we would use clay right so we would we got the clay boards out we I worked with a small group of children we we rolled out like a clay tile so over mm. two sort of blocks so that yeah, it was quite yeah. thin and then got a kind of a square cut it into a square and then they decorated it in by cutting into it and then we sprayed mm. them when they when they were dry we sprayed them okay so they were all either gold or silver and we put a hole in them so that we could attach uh, a yeah, piece yeah, of yeah. you know a, a piece of string 
uh, or with, you know, kind of like or glittery kind of thread through them. They all looked absolutely brilliant. Yeah. You know, absolutely. <laughs> but you can see what's coming, can't you? So, and it, I was only quite new to, to teaching at this point, Emma. But so we then lined, we lined up with our clay tiles. They were all dry by this point. They all looked fantastic. We walked into the hall and we, <laughs> as soon as my children started hanging them on the tree, the tree started to just, <laughs> oh, all, yeah, literally oh. all of the branches of the tree started to sag. And it just, and we that's it. It's heavy. It's heavy. That's the thing with clay. It's heavy stuff. Yeah, and it, yeah, it just the tree looked terrible because it was just it brought all of the branches down. Oh, do you know what I thought when you were saying about the clay tiles? That would be an amazing Christmas present if you like if you covered them in PVA glue so that it really hard and like you know water resistant pva glue and you could have made could give them as presents as like coasters or something yeah that's a yeah, really nice yeah, really yeah. or just it's something for the window thing. window yeah, it is a great and it's a great resource it used to be my go-to thing actually um um get getting the children to make clay tiles is the simplest thing but that you can adapt to so many other things and it and it, it it gives you loads of opportunities for physical skills and creative development you can it everyone is different but at the same time we've started off at the same point so it's yeah that would be often my go-to but not for christmas tree decorations no, no, no. no. Um, Emma, we'd better finish there because we are. We've, yeah. we've. I've kept you for far too long. Um, it's oh, been. No, it's been brilliant to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been really yeah. interesting as well to to kind of to to hear what you do in terms of your work with schools and with different settings. I think that the, the curriculum planning that you do with schools. I mean, it sounds absolutely fantastic. There are so many schools at the moment that I know are working on that that depth of practice in terms of curriculum. Um, if people want want. To to get in touch with you about your work and about inviting you into their school how do they get in touch um i we have a website and a, um an email which um i don't know if you've got anywhere i can share my email after the podcast yeah we can share it on the site on the on the podcast yeah so I'd be happy to um to answer any emails we also have we're very uh, active on twitter so we've, we're always posting ideas and also this work that we're doing with schools um and you can private message on there as well so lots of people get in touch via twitter um yeah, and also we've you know anything that we've got upcoming. So I'm working with you guys in a bit later in the year, aren't I? So we'll we'll um, make sure that we share information on that. So if anyone does want to come along and like have a full day of making things and and chatting through ideas and um, then yeah. Yes, yeah. on the 8th of March, you're coming to the centre to deliver a whole whole day of, of all sorts of artwork and 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 working with yeah. art, art art materials. Yeah. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, bridging that gap between skills and um and like explorative play and looking at that and then sort of thinking about going from early years into year one and that we'll be looking a bit about a bit of that as well. Sounds good to me, Emma. Sounds good to me. Well, yeah. Thanks again for joining us and all the very best. It's been lovely. I'll see you too. Take care. See you. Bye bye.
So there you have it. Thank you very much to Emma, Emma Bairstow, for joining us on the podcast this week. I really enjoyed our conversation. There's a lot there that I think will really get people thinking. I'm sure it's got you thinking um, when you've been listening along. All of the those all of that about the importance of creativity, of, of of being involved in creative activity and those links across the curriculum. I think that's so so important. Now. As I mentioned earlier on, this is episode 50 of the podcast, which seems to be as good a time as any, really, to to thank all of our contributors so far. And there have been loads of people who've been involved, um, from people who are involved behind the scenes, um, like Simon and Nikki and the team at Early Excellence, to um, people who've contributed through joining us for our podcast chats and interviews. Um, There have been loads of people who've been involved throughout the 50 episodes. So thank you so much for being involved. We really couldn't do this, the weekly podcast. We couldn't put this together without so many people being involved. So thank you so much for that. Now, at the end of my chat with Emma, we talk about creative opportunities in the lead up to Christmas. And if you're already getting into that Christmas spirit, well, you might want to join us for our free Early Excellence Festive Twilight. Um, It's coming up over the Christmas period. Um, It's available as a face-to-face event, so you can join us in person at our Early Early Excellence Centre in Huddersfield. Or if you're further afield and you can't make it to the centre, you can join it join us online. We're streaming it uh, and you'll be able to join us online or watch the recording. Um, We'll put details in the podcast information. We'll put a link there so that you can go and have a look at all of the information. and, And yeah, it'd be great if you can join us. Hope to see you there. All right. Once again, thank you ever so much, everybody, for listening and uh, we'll see you next week.